Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Zone Blitz. As always, I'm Vince Miller, joined by my co-host Ashton Overholt. Ashton, wild week of college football. Um, the last weekend we had in October. How was your Saturday? Yeah, good Saturday. Um, as a Georgia fan, I, I attended the um, world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I don't even know if they still call it that um, legally anymore. But yes, <laughs> the Georgia-Florida game, um, as it's known, got to watch my Bulldogs um, mm-hmm. put a hurting on the Gators. It was, a, yeah, a good time. And I think we, we talk about it here um, on our podcast is that when you go to a game, it's so hard to be involved in other, like all the other games. Like when yeah. you're trying to keep up, it's it, the stadium experience, especially in some stadiums, isn't great. And just trying to keep up with everything else um, can be a little challenging. But yeah, no, was able to watch some um, Ohio State, Penn State, and then um, Kentucky, Tennessee later on, um, watch Michigan, Michigan State. So it was able to catch quite a bit. But yeah, really good atmosphere. And it's like October's over, man. Like we're into November and this is the last month of regular season. Like we only have four more weeks of regular season and it's kind of sad. Yeah, I hear you. Well, well, okay. So you were at the Florida Georgia game. Tell us just a little bit about what you saw. Uh, what, what, what are some takeaways for you for either team for that mm. game? Um, <laughs> takeaways like, okay. So Georgia led 28 to three at half. Um, mm-hmm. Like they were covering the spread at halftime and yeah, I don't know. It was, they had a, there was a lapse in the third quarter from Georgia's side where they had, they had thrown a pick and then um, yeah, Florida threw a bomb just to get back, to get back into it and cut it to a one score game actually late in the third quarter. And that was kind of nerve wracking. And then, but then Georgia kind of reasserted dominance really. And yeah, kind of started running the ball, just being super physical. Florida never stopped Georgia's rushing attack. They, they just never did. Um, yeah, Georgia ran for 240 and four touchdowns. Um, that's yeah, really efficient. They did they did a really good job. Georgia, as long as they didn't turn the ball over, move the ball at will against Florida. Florida dismissed Britton Cox. I don't know if you remember he was mm-hmm. the five star um, that that actually transferred from Georgia. This morning they dismissed him from school. Wow. Um, so yeah, he had kind of a rough day, and I'm not sure really what happened, but yeah, um, Billy Napier said that he is no longer on the team. Like for Florida, man, like from that side of it, they're four and four. Like they've lost to kind of all of their rivals this year, man. Like Georgia, Kentucky, um, Tennessee, and LSU. Like that's that's like the big four for them. And they have Florida State yet. I guess you can try to beat one. But like that's, yeah, that's really difficult. Like where we talk all the time about these first-year head coaches and, and like where teams are. Hmm. Florida's got some soul searching. Like I understand that they, they fought against Georgia, but you still lost by 22 points and you were clearly like the inferior team. Like that game actually wasn't that close. Um, yeah. Even as much as the scoreboard showed, like Georgia absolutely dominated. I, yeah. You have some coaches doing really well. Like, like what's your opinion on Napier? He's played eight games now. He's four and four. What's mm-hmm. your opinion on him this far, two months into the season? Well, I think you kind of have to judge these first year coaches a lot based on, on, what the expectations were to some extent. Mm. And I don't think anybody really expected Florida to be all that good this year. <laughs> so it's not like it's, ah, everything's fine. Nothing to see here. It's not like that because it is, there, there are some problems there. Obviously they need to work through, 
but I don't, I'm not like down on Napier in Florida, like in the long run. Right. Um, I, I still think he was a good hire. Um, yeah, I, I think they'll be fine. He, he's got to continue to recruit. Obviously, they lost Cormani McLean, uh, oh. one corner in the country. Huge. To, to Miami, a huge rival there um, yeah. in state, which is kind of shocking. I mean, as bad as Florida has been this year, Miami has cratered. Been worse. Been They've worse. been worse. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like there are some things to clean up there. I do think that he's trying to build something from the ground up. Like this, this was not a, a situation with an incredible – um baseline of talent and culture and all of that like he yeah. wasn't coming into a ready-made situation um if you want to compare it even to kirby smart his first year at georgia they went seven and five um and i think that was even a little bit of a better situation than than he was walking into here in florida no no doubt but florida does yeah F- florida has talent and you mentioned Cormani McLean. That guy was, he's been 100% crystal ball to Florida for forever. Yeah. Like that was, a, he was a Florida lock. And that was very shocking, not just to us, but to, I mean, people inside the Florida program that he, mm-hmm. yeah, fl- kind of flipped almost and goes goes to Miami. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess, like, I, I guess I feel you. Like, I, I see where you're coming from. It's a little disappointing though. Like for them to come out and beat Utah week one, like they did. And look so good, and then to lose the games that they've lost since is—I mean—it's a little disappointing. They For play sure. a they go to a And M this week, and then they get South Carolina. Those are kind of coin flip games. Like those could go; those could legit go either way. They could lose both of those games. Then you're four and six, just yeah, fighting for some bowl eligibility at that point. But yeah, no, I, 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 I guess I kind of hear where you're at. I, I don't know. I was a little <laughs> unimpressed with it, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, if, if you're not going to win games, at least get some five stars to keep the buzz. Like, like Miami, for example, we brought, we brought up Miami and Cristobal. They haven't been good this year at all. They have not been good, but you can kind of make up for all the losses. If you bring in five stars, like it's kind of true. And yeah. yeah, like you at least have way more leeway with the fan base and all that. And then, yeah, I, he needs to, re- he needs to get some at some point, like Napier needs to get some five stars at some point because the talent gap between Georgia and Florida right now is huge. Like you, yeah. if you're Florida, you do have to beat Georgia at some point. You can't mm-hmm. just lose to them every year and keep your job. You have to beat Georgia. And there's a huge talent gap right now. And he needs like, he needs five stars because it was, there was a visible difference on the field that Georgia just simply had way more players um, than Florida mm-hmm. did. So yeah. Uh, and enough about Florida. Um, I, I guess Georgia impressive in spurts like georgia's good is as good as anybody's like georgia still yeah. has like that elite ceiling um and we'll talk about that more here um in the yeah the week 10 preview i guess um yeah. a, lot of, a lot of good stuff coming up yeah we'll definitely get more to georgia we'll, we'll talk about them and we'll talk about florida more in the off season um running out of things to talk about them for for the actual in season and there you yeah go. Um, let's move on. Ohio State, Penn State. That was kind of the big game of the noon window. Ohio State was behind for a good chunk of this game. And then sort of, I don't know, I guess turned on the afterburners for a stretch in the fourth quarter and eventually wins this game 44 to 31. Penn State gave a good fight. Um, this was a lock fight for us, by the way. I was on Ohio State to cover. You were on Penn State. Um, you were obviously the winner there with a 15 and a half point spread. Um, putting that aside, just talking about the game itself. What, what are your takeaways for – well, let's start with Ohio State. They're the team that won. They're the team with the national title aspirations. 
losing for a big chunk of this game, finding a way to actually kind of explode when, when they really needed to. Uh, a big day from Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. yeah what, are your, what are your takeaways on, on Ohio State? We've seen them be able to win multiple ways. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't have to just be a shootout or just be a certain way. Like they've been able to win um, like an ugly game. They've been able to win games, yeah, where they had to come from behind. And this one, this kind of reminded me of the Notre Dame game to start out the year for Ohio State, where they it was a low-scoring game first half. They trailed, and then they were able to turn it on. And their their defense kind of kept them in this game for large chunks of it. I mean, yeah, because that <laughs> the offense for they had scored they scored sixteen points through three quarters. Mm-hmm. That's I mean that's going to be tough when you're playing a. Tennessee or a Georgia, Alabama, even a Michigan to just even still be in the game. If you've only put up 16 points through three quarters, but yeah, Ohio state's good is as good as anybody's. They're kind of the yeah. same boat as Georgia a little bit that they have a, there's a, there's a switch that they can still flip almost at any time. And turns out they still have really good quarterbacks and really good receivers um, <laughs> on their team. That's yeah. Kind of what we, can we talk about the defensive end JT? Um, oh yeah. Say his last Tui Maloau. Malawa? Yeah, Malawa. something like that. We'll yes. go with that. Everyone knows who you mean. <laughs> okay. Is it what? How do you say it? I I think I mispronounce it too. I've I've been saying Tuimaloa. I don't know if that's right. Or whatever. Okay. JTT. <laughs> he won the game for him. Like, yeah, that dude <laughs> was, was incredible. He was. He was a, just a freaking nature. Um, yeah. yeah. Emeka Buka, Marvin Harrison Jr. They didn't even really miss Jackson Smith and Jigba, who did not play and hasn't played. And is that concerning at all? Like, just to kind of throw this back to you a little bit, the the lack of experience that they have, like at at receiver, they're really good, but man, like they're missing they're missing Smith and Jigba for a long time now. Well, I mean, by the time you get, they get to the games that they can actually lose, like the Michigan and the playoff games. Those those inexperienced sophomore receivers will suddenly be experienced receivers with 80 catches under their belts or whatever. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. What can you say about that guy that broadcast teams haven't already been gushing about? I mean, was it yeah. was it a week ago they were saying that five years from now he's going to be the best receiver in the NFL? That's maybe a bit hyperbolic. Yes, but, it is. Correct. But can you tell me for certain that they, they will be wrong? No, <laughs> there's no, a chance yeah, that that's correct. correct. <laughs> no, that's that's absolutely right. I think they've said that about like every single Ohio State receiver that's come out of there. Like, I'm pretty sure that like Chris Olave was going to like set the NFL on fire. And then like Garrett Wilson was as well. And then Jack Smith and Jigbo was. And like, OK, I, I guess like they've done OK. They, they haven't had bad, you know, rookie years. Um, <laughs> the first two anyway. Let's just let's give it some time. PJ Washington for Penn State, that guy could he could start for Ohio State any day though. Like that yeah, guy could start good. anywhere. That that guy is a really, really good receiver as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I I get it. I um there was I saw some stuff before the game. There were some Ohio State fans claiming that like there's zero Penn State players that could start for this Ohio State team. Zero. <laughs> like no one could. And I'm I like I hear you at quarterback. Like I can even, yeah, like receiver number one, number two, like okay, I, I understand that. Um their corners yeah, might. The corners, I think, for sure would. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe the uh, the defensive tackle for Penn State as well. But Most yeah, prefer, yeah. Mm-hmm. The I think that um, Penn, Penn State is they struggle to win these games. Like they cover the spread in these big games. But man, there's like 
Franklin is supposed to beat Michigan. He's supposed to beat Ohio State at some point, and he hasn't been able to with any consistency. Mm-hmm. There are Penn State fans that are very frustrated about that to see Michigan kind of pass them up and kind of be the the next one, you know, right there with Ohio State. Penn State feels like they should be at the same place, and why aren't they? Well, you you saw a little bit of it. I mean, James Franklin, he he's known for building a program developing talent, recruiting talent. He's not known for his incredible game day acumen, um, which is fine. There's no perfect coaches. Um, everybody has a weakness to some extent. That's his weakness. And we saw it. I mean, they had a they had a fourth down where they went for it. It was fourth and two, I believe, in Ohio State territory. And I, don't, I didn't hate the decision to actually go for it. I hated the play call, which is something that we've been able to say about Penn State for a while. I don't know if you remember, I don't know, it was five years ago they were playing Ohio State. They had a fourth and five at the end of the game uh, with a chance to win the game, and they ran yes. the ball. Were... <laughs> yeah, it, it I was, remember. And that was when they had good quarterback play. I know. Trace McSorley. Yeah. Trace McSorley, yeah, I don't know. It, it is what they are. I mean, that that is what they are. They, they, they don't recruit to the same level as Ohio State quite. They recruit pretty well and not quite to that level. And so in a situation like that, you either have to out – out develop or you have to out coach on game day and franklin is not going to out coach many coaches on game day he'll out coach them game week and in the off season and that that's probably more important but you need something to make up that ground with Iowa state and they, they just don't have that how long does penn state stay patient with james franklin well it's going to have to be a while with that contract well <laughs> is it though is it like i mean we've seen people just pay just pay just Hey, whatever the cost is, we have to have someone new. This is a new age, Vince. We've moved on. This isn't the thing where yeah. the, the buyouts, you know, just ma- ensure that they're not going to leave. Um, I mean, there's guys, there's programs that have paid. They're paying a couple of different coaches that they fired. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's they're a good bet to still go like 10 and 2 this year. I mean, they're yeah. having a good season. You, you're getting, you got the five-star quarterback. You got the yes. five-star running back. They're both true freshmen. You can definitely sell yourself on on a on a ceiling being raised in the next couple of years. So yeah, like they'll be patient as long as they win nine or ten games this year. It's not it's not an issue at all. They have to see some improvement eventually, but you can also see you could very easily see them being like he he might be their Brian Ke- what Brian Kelly was to Notre Dame. Like he might be that coach where they're consistently ten and two, and then you roll the dice with somebody who's a better recruiter or something going forward whenever he's done because he, he very like, like there are programs out there with a lot of money that would love to have James Franklin. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> really? Who? Who would you, would you have said there would have been tons of programs out there with a lot of money who would love to have Brian Kelly a year ago? Yes. Yeah. They're, but okay. they're not the same. I mean, Brian Kelly at least goes to the playoff and he has, sure. he's at, he's beaten some of his main like rivals. Like sure. he won most of those games here. I mean, the critique for, for Franklin has always been the same. No one's questioning the recruiting. No, no one's questioning anything about that. It's that he shows up and makes dumb plays. And sometimes, and I think Kirby smart kind of battled with the same thing as well. You're a victim to your own success with recruiting. People expect way more from you when you have all those five stars there. Whereas it, when you don't like Dan Mullen got all kinds of slack because he couldn't recruit, but he would really develop them. And it's like, wow, that guy's a really, really good coach then Kirby's dumb. Like for, you know, it's kind of that same argument a little bit. And I think Franklin's kind of falling into that where he recruits really good players and has five stars. And yet the results on Saturdays aren't what they should be. Like 
Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think he's on maybe a little less of a leash than people think. And I think because Penn State does, they still have like that. They could be that program. They could really be a playoff contender type. And right now they're clearly still a step behind Ohio State and Michigan. And yeah, and is that gap going to close like anytime soon? I don't know if those like I don't know if Franklin can close the gap on those other two guys. And I don't know. I don't know if Penn State's going to be okay with feeling hopeless, hopelessly in third in the Big Ten East for you know just an indefinite number of years. Sure. Okay, moving on. Notre Dame beats Syracuse forty-one to twenty-four. Syracuse was undefeated until playing Clemson and Notre Dame, which we kind of saw coming. But we also, I mean, yeah, applaud Syracuse for the season they've had. This game was. Not particularly close. Notre Dame had the clear physical advantages, the advantage the whole game. Garrett Schrader was a little bit banged up and actually came out of the game and is, or relatively early. His backup actually kind of gave them a little more life, uh, looked pretty decent. Um, that said, Notre Dame, they got some turnovers. Their defense was playing well. Their running game was, was pretty impressive. They sort of just imposed their will. This was kind of the Notre Dame team we thought we would see coming into the season. Um, we've seen about 19 different versions of Notre Dame this year. Um, this is kind of the one we expected. Did you, did you get a chance to watch this at all? I, I think maybe this was a little bit during your Georgia game. So. It was, yeah. I got to watch almost none of it, just have been able to see highlights and just kind of going back and, and going through some of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that does pop out just from a box score uh, perspective is the rush yards. 250 for Notre Dame, Syracuse with 61. Yeah. Um, I mean, game over, like for, especially a team like Notre Dame that yeah, thrives on running and then stopping the run, um, making, making Syracuse really one dimensionals. So, mm-hmm. Hey, big win for you guys. Five and three, huh? Big win. Yeah. I, there's been a lot of talk. I, I think <laughs> that that Stanford game just carries so much weight. If, <laughs> if, if they don't if you... inexplicably fumble the ball in the fourth quarter on their way to a winning score, They'd have six. They'd have a six-game winning streak right now, yeah. And the the Ohio yeah. State and Marshall losses would feel like a distant memory. Um, as it is, I mean they're they're five and three, and it feels yeah. it. It still feels very much like uh, the the season is a failure. How much of a failure will it be? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, a couple opportunities left, obviously, with Clemson and USC um, to to make some noise, but. Yeah, it is good to get this type of win. Um, Syracuse was ranked in the top 20. They were number 16. So it's a, it's a solid win. It was a good environment. Syracuse has that, you know, that indoor stadium, which is just unique in college football. And Yeah. Yeah. Props to Notre Dame for doing what they should have done. <laughs> I also don't feel – I don't feel like much different about the team after this game. The passing okay. game still leaves a lot to be desired. Drew Pine – Nine of nineteen, I believe, in the game. One of five yeah. in the second half, which tells you, tells you just kind of like that's what they were doing. They were just going to run the ball because Syracuse couldn't stop it. Um, yeah. And the book is out there for Drew Pine. Drop eight guys, and he's <laughs> he's, he's not going to be able gonna, to pick you apart. No, he's probably going to try to force feed it to Michael Mayer with double coverage. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. but yeah, Notre Dame is. Three-fourths of a good team. Okay. If you hadn't lost to, yeah, Marshall and Stanford, you'd be 7-1 right now. Only a loss to Ohio State, you'd be right in the middle of the playoff conversation. So you can look at it like that's kind of the 
that's the the dull side and the bright side <laughs> yeah because yeah. you did lose to Sanford and Marshall but like those are games that yeah you're gonna win more likely than not so yeah um yeah next year there's always next year that's right okay another game a big big 12 game TCU beats West Virginia 41 to 31 this game was pretty close most of the way before TCU kind of pulled pulled away at the end and we, we said any team in the Big 12 can beat any other team in the Big 12. TCU is probably the best team. West Virginia is one of the two worst teams. Um, but, yeah, this is just kind of a reminder of what the Big 12 is, which is exciting top to bottom. Nobody sucks. Everybody's pretty good. Yeah. Any no, thoughts um, on this yeah. game? Yeah. Complete, complete agreement there. Um, it's kind of like an NFL type thing where, yeah. like, literally anyone can beat anyone, and there's – there's no way I actually did bet on the big 12, like this past week. I might even again this week. It's just not a bright move though. Like on my part, like, cause you don't really know. You're kind of just, you, you think you might have some ideas. Anybody can beat anybody in big 12 play this year. That's just kind of how it's going. Right. You have to be very careful on the betting side. Um, yes. Not that there's not any value there, but you, you do. Have there to be is. Careful. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. All right. Arkansas beat Auburn 41 to 27. I didn't watch any of this game. Uh, notable because Brian Harson finally got fired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you want to talk about here? Is, is there anything to talk about with the game or is this mostly just, I mean, Brian Harson is the obvious story here. I mean, yeah, the game, I'm whatever. I mean, Arkansas is five and three. Arkansas is actually a pretty good team. Auburn. We know Auburn. They're not a very good team. Robbie Ashford threw the ball 33 times, which is about 20 more times than he should be throwing per game. So um, yeah, I mean, that's, I think grounds enough. For firing um rocket sanders for arkansas the running back is mm -hmm. tremendous that dude is a stud him and kj jefferson you put those two together they're just it's it's a really good duo um arkansas is they're consistent well i okay i should sorry that's that's incorrect they're talented and they, they have a they actually have a fairly high ceiling they can beat a lot of good teams they have a three ranked opponents coming up after this um, I think they're going to knock off, of a, knock off a couple. I, I really do. I think, I think Arkansas is maybe a little underrated right now. Um, Vegas kind of agrees with me onto the Auburn side. We can talk about who they're going for as a coach right now. Who would you, who would you be trying to hire? Just one name real fast. Oh my goodness. Ugh, where do you even start? There, there's, there's a number of good names. We just saw Hugh Freeze get an extension from Liberty. Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't that he could yeah, still go. You're right. Um, Do you have a name? I was a little unprepared for the question, but okay. Is Jamie Chadwell the answer? I was going to say maybe try to get Gus Malzahn back um, <laughs> from, from from UCF, and then maybe try to like Bo Nix, maybe sixth year super senior type thing, and get it. No, I, it's a joke. Um, Hugh Freeze is one. Dion, there's a lot of Dion right. buzz, possibly two. I think Lane Kiffin's going to be the guy, though. I think Ooh. that is more likely than not. Lane Kiffin not terribly happy. At Ole Miss, Auburn will pay whatever. Auburn will pay literally anything for a quick result. Um, I Auburn, you can, it's going to be easier to recruit at Auburn than it is Ole Miss right now. That's just how it is. Yeah. Um, I think Lane's the guy. That's my pick right now. You could do a heck of a lot worse than Lane Kiffin at Auburn. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that, I like that. Okay, moving on. Miami beats Virginia in four overtimes, 14 to 12. <laughs> This was yeah. <laughs> horrible. Uh, Miami has fallen off a cliff. Virginia is also terrible. Tony Elliott, yeah, his first season oh. at Virginia, it's not going well. So bad. 
Um, Miami did just get Cormani McClain. So, um, this was six to six, six to six going into uh, overtime. Oh, six to six. Yeah. (laughs) Four field goals. Yeah. Um, (laughs) what, where do we go with this? I mean, because clearly some things here are not working out. Um, Miami has to fire their offensive coordinator after this year, right? Correct. Yes. Um, and Virginia just needs kind of a whole new coaching staff, really. Like, that was a mistake from the beginning. I still believe that. I know that's maybe a little cruel. Um, that's not the answer. The di- Brennan Armstrong was really good last year. He was really good last year. And to, mm-hmm. to see how bad they are now, and I, I know they lost, like, all five offensive linemen. I, I understand they had a wholesale exodus. It's really, really bad for Virginia. Brendan Armstrong, I think, is actually a good player and could do well in the right system and did last year. Yeah. And, yeah, this is not working. This is not working for either of the, these offensive teams. This is a game that's, like, for, for either offensive play caller, is fireable. Like, this alone is fireable. Yeah. It was really rough. I have a new prediction for Brendan Armstrong. I think he's going to be Notre Dame's quarterback next year. I like that. You're you're trying to get all the quarterbacks to you at Notre they, Dame. They need to bring somebody in next year. There's, a, like, a they have to. Um, yeah, okay. anyway, I, I do think I would rather have Sam Duggan. Um, I, I think Brenner Armstrong's probably Max, a little more Max realistic. Duggan. Yeah. Max, Max Duggan. Duggan. That's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Sure. All right. Uh, Georgia beat, no, oh, we talked about that game. I'm sorry. Uh, Kansas state beats Oklahoma state 48 yeah. to zero. Yeah. This was crazy. Um, yeah. we talked about in the preview that Kansas state was favored by one and you felt like it didn't make a lot of sense. And so because mm-hmm. of that, you went with Kansas State because you felt like Vegas wanted you to take Oklahoma State. Turned out pretty good for you. Um, they covered yeah, that man. spread by 47 points. Yeah. <laughs> Just And this was without Adrian Martinez, who's been their starting right. quarterback all year. Yeah. What? <laughs> How did this happen? What, what in the world? Complete splattering. Yeah. Deuce Vaughn, by the way. Yeah. Really, really good at the football stuff. Um, yeah. he, he knows what he's doing out there. Yeah. I, I no, I that's the way you put it is exactly correct. Um, there was something just smelled fishy about it. And when Vegas is just pleading for you to take one side, you always have to take the other. They don't build those casinos by accident. Um, <laughs> that's kind of where I that's kind of what I yeah, that's the the mindset I went with. Still doesn't make much sense to me. It really doesn't. Oklahoma State has been the model of consistency over the past. I mean, really under Gundy. I mean, they're at least a well-coached team. They don't normally get splattered like this. 48 nothing. They're at least going to put up some points. They were number yeah. nine in the nation at this point. 48 nothing is that that's yeah, blowout. Like that's crazy. That offense was really good and it made no sense for them to get blown out. None at all. I do think Spencer Sanders is banged up. Um maybe. Maybe and Kansas State has a good enough defense. They were able to shut down the run game. Mm-hmm. So if you can't run and your quarterback's hurt, that's a way to get shut out. Still shocking. Um and props to Kansas State's offense too. You mentioned Deuce Vaughn, 158 yards and a touchdown. And his backup had 44 yards and a touchdown. Will Howard was slinging the ball around at 296, four touchdowns, no picks. You're going to win a lot of football games that way if you can both pass the ball and run the ball that well. So props to, props to Kansas State. Coming back after that, kind of a devastating loss to TCU week before. So, mm. yeah. Um, we had a top 10 upset. Louisville beat Wake Forest 48-21. to did Wake Forest have literally eight turnovers in this game? Is that what it was? <laughs> <laughs> how many? How many pick six? Yes, they, no, they did. They had four fumbles, four picks. Ugh. I, 
Sam Hartman, like I watched him be really good. I like I. It didn't He's a make good quarterback to me. He yeah. is. I. I. This. It didn't make much sense to me. Did you watch any of this at all? I did. Not. I did not. I. I had a busy Saturday. Was not able to watch as much football as I wanted to. Um, yeah, but we kind of knew. Like, I, we. I won't say we knew that uh, Wake Forest could be this volatile. We knew Louisville was volatile. Yep. We knew Louisville had the had the potential to both get killed and to kill. Um, that's what they've been doing all year. I think Scott Scott Satterfield might hold on to his job. He was kind of a hot seat guy. Yeah. Um, they're scratching together some wins, and, and that's a bad term for what this was. I mean, scored 48 points um, and, and four state turnovers. So, yes. Yeah. They, they have a rough stretch coming up Louisville. They Like, good luck. Good luck to them for the rest of the year. They get James Madison, Clemson, NC State, and then Kentucky. Um, they could lose their next four quite easily. Yeah. So maybe he should still be on hot seat watch, just depending maybe. on what happens. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I was going to say, let's just be a little – let's let's wait just a little yeah. bit on the Saturday. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tennessee beat Kentucky 44 to six. This was supposed to be a relatively close game. It's a, it's a rivalry game. Kentucky's known for keeping games down, but Tennessee just put up points like they have been doing all year. They're not as talented as 2019 LSU, but their offense, their offense has a few things that reminds you of that. Just no one has stopped them this year. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not comparing mm-hmm. them to 2019 LSU. That's what you just did. No, yeah. no. I contrasted them a little bit by saying okay. that they're not okay. as talented. Okay. But there's a few things like just as far as the offense in particular, nobody has figured out how to stop them. Now they're going to play easily the best defense on their schedule this week. We'll mm-hmm. talk about that later. Okay. Let's talk about this game though. Like how shocking was this to you? This was surprising. Yeah, this one is so classic trap game, right? For Tennessee, yeah. Um, right, the week before the biggest regular season game that they played. Well, I guess since Alabama just a couple of weeks ago. But yeah. I mean, against the defending national champions, you got to go to their place. It's on the sure. big game. Big game. Easy to look ahead. Really easy. They didn't at all. Will Levis. They completely shut him down. I think what surprised me the most was Tennessee's defense and how physical they were. I watched mm-hmm. a bit of this game. They were super physical. Like they completely whipped Kentucky. Like Kentucky had Kentucky, even if they lose, Kentucky still like they they hit you. Like you don't really want to play them again. That's kind of that's kind of Stoops' whole thing there. Mm-hmm. Tennessee complete like completely whipped them up front. Like that was that was very surprising. And then yeah, Hennon Hooker is gonna do his thing. He's gonna throw a lot of deep balls. Jalen Hyatt's gonna go catch him. Yeah. Drew McCoy's Drew McCoy's <laughs> gonna be running underneath in the slot. That's what's going to happen. Um, yeah. <laughs> Dude, Tennessee's dang good. Like They are. This is hard to do. 44-6 to six against Kentucky, that doesn't happen. That really does not happen. And, yeah, for, for Tennessee to do that, that is some – that should be alarm bells for everyone. Again, we'll talk more about Tennessee in, their, in the preview for next week here in just mm-hmm. a little bit. This is, this is a statement win for Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, the 44 is – mildly surprising because Kentucky's pretty good on defense. Yes. The six to me is way more surprising. Just the fact that, like Tennessee's defense is coming around. Yeah. We know Will Levis is not as good as he was building the offseason, the number one pick in the NFL right. draft. Um right. I think it's fairly safe to say we were correct on that one. Yes. Um, we called that. <laughs> we but he's still a talented quarterback and they have Chris Rodriguez 
and they had nothing. Um, six points. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? Like, can we can we just bury Kentucky season at this point? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, pretty much, pretty much. Kentucky needed to finish second in the East. I mean, that's what they were gunning for. Um, they did beat Florida, but you got you you got beat so badly by Tennessee that this year will be viewed as a disappointment for Kentucky. Like you yeah. got absolutely hammered unless you, yeah, somehow you pull an upset here like late in the year for Kentucky. So I know they still do have Georgia that they can beat, but yeah, I mean, more than likely they're probably going to be eight and four. That's probably where they're at. Maybe seven and five. That's not a great year for Kentucky. They, they want to win nine, 10 games. Mm. Another rivalry game, big evening game. Michigan beats Michigan state 29 to seven, not a particularly competitive game for most of it. How, how much did you watch this game and what are your takeaways? Yeah, fair amount. Um, the Michigan State Spartans, they really like to fight. They have a lot of fight <laughs> in them. Just after the four quarters are done. Yeah. Like, if they would have hit Michigan as hard in the game as they did in the locker room, like, or on the way to the locker room, yeah, maybe you don't, maybe you score more than seven. Like, maybe you score more than seven. Turns out that when you're a team that likes to run and you're not very good at running the ball, like Ugh. it's going to be a really, really hard time to win against. Yeah. Someone like Michigan who, who actually likes to run the ball and can, and then does. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, uh, I'm kind of a Mel Tucker guy. I thought he, I thought he was a pretty good coach. I did. Peyton Thorne should not be throwing 30 passes a game. That's like, it's going to, they're going to struggle to win that way. They should not be throwing more than running. They shouldn't. They led for, for a decent portion of this game, especially in the first half. This was a close game. This was a close game at halftime. Yeah. And yeah, I, I play calling. Play calling is is a problem for, for Michigan State. They're three and five, and this could get worse. Well, they did run for 1.6 yards per carry. Um, yeah. It's really hard to win a football game when you do that, unless you have an incredible quarterback, which they have an average one. So, yeah. Michigan State definitely a, a down year. Um, what are they now? Three and five or so. Three and um, five. That's right. Yeah. So they will be struggling to make a bowl game. Um, but yeah, Mel Tucker is not about this season. I think I think they're trying to build something there. So we'll we'll talk about more that we'll talk about them more in the offseason. One last game to talk about. Ole Miss beats Texas AM 31 to 28. Kind of kind of actually sneaky, fun, and exciting. Um the streak continues. Texas A&M has not scored 30 points on an FBS opponent in over a year. Ole Miss scored just enough. They they didn't look incredible. Neither team really crowned themselves in a ton of glory this game. But <laughs> Ole Miss was the more consistent team, and they, they clearly have the better offense. Um, what are your takeaways on this game here? So I think A&M might have found their quarterback. Connor yeah. Wigman <laughs> is a ball player. The five-star sure. that came in, I how he was sitting on the bench all this time, I won't know. I really won't. He's been the best. They've, I mean, that was the best quarterback performance that we've seen to this point. Like, yeah, yeah, threw for three forty, four touchdowns, no picks. Look at that. Like, I mean, yeah. Suddenly, Jimbo. He's not a quarterback whisperer. We're never going to say he's a quarterback whisperer ever again. But he might be a quarterback whisperer. Like, it could actually be a thing. So, Connor, yeah, I don't know. Connor Wigman, you you get him back with Evan Stewart, get them some time in the offense. This year's a wrap for AM, right? I mean, they're three and five. It's not a good year. They're going to struggle to make a bowl game. But next year, they could be dangerous. Like, like I'm going to be buying in a little bit on the AM hype in the offseason. 
um, if they continue to grow like this, especially if Wigman finishes the season strong. I think he's got to be the starter going forward for AM. Yeah. Well, I think I think the way that the only way that Jimbo's offense can actually work is if he has a quarterback who knows it well and is very talented. Um, that's a, yeah. Sounds like a stupid thing to say. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's it's complicated enough. There's enough checks and all of it. And, and it was actually kind of interesting that the broadcast team was was talking about his offense, and they were kind of calling him out on some of the lies he said <laughs> about yeah. his offense, um, yeah. which was which was interesting. I do think yeah. that if if Wigman is the guy going forward, he will learn this offense better, and maybe not next year, but maybe the year after that when he's throwing to when he's a junior and he's throwing to junior Evan Stewart. Yeah, um, like maybe by then they could be good on offense i'm not re- i'm not ready to say like excellent but maybe good um yeah. yeah yeah no i no i agree i'm i'm with you like we're on we're on the same page there talented enough it's just why is jimbo's offense why is it so complex like like wh- why does it have to why does he have to make it so hard on the quarterbacks do some things make it like play to their strengths a little bit he, he doesn't do that like yeah jimbo, he has his thing and like the quarterbacks have to kind of go into his system Whereas I think really, really good play callers, they play to their player strengths and call yes. games to their player strengths. And he's absolutely not doing that, or at least not to this point in the season. Yeah. So yeah, I no, I have I we agree there. Um it's I think a, his yeah. his offense would work a lot better with a thirty two year old NFL quarterback who know who knows exactly what he's seeing across the field from him and can make all the checks. So if he had Tom Brady, like A and M could probably go eight and four this year, like maybe nine and three. Is that kind of what we're saying? Something like that. Like yeah, yes. like I agree with you though. Like um, yeah, like yeah, I agree. It makes it so hard. It makes it so hard on his own guys that yeah, they don't understand what they're looking at a lot of the time. Just go like literally cut the playbook in half and like throw. There, there's so much that he could throw out. Like there's no shortage of plays that he could throw out of the playbook, but he keeps them all and he makes it so hard for him. So it's yeah, yeah. it's his own, it's his own fault. All right. I think that about wraps up the games to actually talk about. I'll just kind of roll through the rest of these. Some of the notable scores. Thursday night, there were a couple of games. NC State beat Virginia Tech 22-21. to Utah beat Washington State 21-17. to Friday night, East Carolina beat BYU 27-24. to East Carolina is pretty good, but BYU continues to kind of falter a little bit. They do. Saturday, Oklahoma beat Iowa State 27-13. to Florida State beat Georgia Tech 41-16. to Illinois beat Nebraska 26-9. to um, they continue to kind of have a stranglehold on the Big Ten West. <laughs> UCF yeah. beat Cincinnati 25 to 21. Yes. Cincinnati perhaps, yeah, I think it's fair to say they're not they're not nearly as good as they were a year ago, which, yeah, they lost like eight NFL guys or something. Um, I think we we kind of had a feeling maybe they wouldn't be quite as good and, and we're starting to see that now. Um, Missouri beat South Carolina 23 to 10 a week after South Carolina beats Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. This was, yeah, I don't know. There's a whole lot to say here. Um, yeah, we still, <laughs> I feel like we still don't really have a great grasp on who South Carolina really is. Their good is pretty, is pretty good. And their bad is pretty terrible. Um, yeah. It's kind of, kind of the same as Missouri. Kind of the sure. same thing, like for both Fair. of those programs. They, they can be really good, and they have moments where they just fall off a cliff. Yeah, right. USC beat Arizona 45-37, to 37, continuing their trend of good offense and questionable defense. Baylor kind of sat on Texas Tech 45-17. to 17. Impressive showing from Baylor. They've, they've underperformed their preseason expectations this year, but maybe it seems like they're rounding into form now. Um, 
And then one last game, North Carolina beat Pitt 42 to 24. They were actually losing in this game relatively late in the second half and kind of turned it on. North Carolina stranglehold on on that side of the ACC. Um, they're they're undefeated in conference play. Their offense is looking really good. Um, I do think we were we we're kind of bound for a North Carolina Clemson matchup coming up. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that feels almost like a certainty at this point. It does. Yeah, I agree. All right, and just to recap, our locks of the week: Ashton went two and zero, uh, raising his season to sixteen and thirteen. Not not a bad year. Um, yeah. It's it's been a difficult year, and Ashton has managed to to fight through it with a winning record so far. I, on the other hand, not so much. I went three and three this week. Not a terrible week, um, but still remain at ten games under five hundred. Twenty four and thirty four and two. Ooh, yeah, yeah. It's yes. it's been been that type of year. It's been tough. Yes. All right. Let's move on to week ten. Um, there's a lot to talk about this week. It's there's there's a few Titanic games at the top. Then there's a, mm-hmm. a pretty severe drop off, but then there's a bunch of depth. Yes. Um, yes. So well, let's just start Thursday night. App State is at Coastal Carolina. Maybe can't spend a lot of time on this game, but it, it is one of the bigger. Um, G5 games of the year, I would say. Anything mm-hmm. to look for this game that you might be looking for on a Thursday night? Just, I think the field. Coastal Carolina's field is immaculate. Yes. Like that thing <laughs> is a bright shade. Of, it's like a greenish, like a teal. I don't know. Yeah, I, whatever they are. The Chanticleers, 7-1, first place in the Sun Belt. That's hard to do. Sun Belt's a really good conference, so... Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's watchable. Is this game watchable for you? Is this something you, that you'll be watching? Possibly depends on my Thursday night. Um, okay. but right. I, I would think maybe this is a, a bit of a, bit of a, a, an opportunity for Jamie Chadwell to show out a little bit on national TV and uh, get his name out there a little more to some ADs. In case he needs a job. Is that what you're saying? In case he needs yeah. a job. Okay. He, he's not uh, going to need a job. Well, sorry. But, sorry. Yeah. In case he wants another job. Right. There you go. Yes. Friday night, I actually have a pretty good game in the Pac-12. Oregon State is at Washington. Kind of a big matchup. Neither one is really in contention for the Pac-12 title, but they're both kind of on the fringes. Two solid teams. Anything you're looking for in this game? Is this game watchable to you? So, Oregon State, it was one of your darlings in the preseason, yes. right? You were you were high on the Beavers. Washington, we, we kind of, I think, wrote them off a little bit. They had some disappointing games. Um, where they lost to Arizona State and UCLA in back-to-back weeks, Washington Huskies six and two, actually a, yeah. a they're a good they're a good football team. So mm-hmm. yeah, Penix is they won like they beat Cal like albeit by seven. Like you take wins where you can get them. Um, I don't know. These are yeah two pretty good football teams. The lines at four and a half. Washington favored by four and a half. Mm-hmm. I would probably go Oregon State. To cover, but it does feel, yeah, it feels like like Vegas absolutely is on Washington right here. Yeah, by the way, we were both on the over on Oregon State's win total for the season at five and a half. Yep. They've already hit that. So yeah. before November even starts. So love that. Good yeah. year for them. Making money early. That's right. Okay, let's move on to the Saturday slate. Let's start it off. Texas Tech is at TCU. Another fun um, Big 12 matchup. Um, two teams from Texas, obviously, that can put up points. Texas Tech didn't really show it last week. They kind of got held by Baylor, but TCU is kind of that classic big-time offense, not-so-great defense team. This is going to be shootouty, right? Yeah, it would seem so. At, 
don't bet on this game. Just don't do it. Do right. yourself a favor. Don't do this. This is the Big 12. Anything can happen, and you don't know what's going to happen. Nine and a half. <laughs> TCU currently, I would say, like, if TCU is undefeated, they probably go to the playoff. Like, I think you're going to have yeah. a hard time keeping undefeated TCU out. They're a no. They only need four more wins to go to the playoff. It's getting late in the year. Like, you kind of – TCU's there. They're 5-0, 6-0. Okay. They're 8-0. There's not that many games left, man. <laughs> tick, tick, tick. Clock's winding down. TCU could get in the playoff. TCU could be a playoff team. You just have to say that out loud because that's a real thing. That's right. They're they're very fun to watch, if nothing else. I, I do think the playoff talk is interesting with them because, obviously, that's a big deal. Sure. I feel like we kind of get lost in that a little bit with this team just because they're clearly not like one of the most talented teams in the country, but they're right. super fun to watch. And that's a big deal. Like that's why that's we watch college football because it's fun and they are like at the top of the heap when it comes to fun teams, pretty much. Yeah. All right. We got Florida at Texas A&M, Texas A&M a three point favorite in this game. Two teams who have, who've, yeah, not had great seasons, but it, it does does feel like both of these teams could feel a lot better about their seasons with a win here. Florida in particular, Texas A&M, like there's no way they can turn this season around, but Florida at least feels better for the, for the future with a win here, right? Yeah, no, uh, uh, I, I agree there. Both of these teams have played five SEC games. Both of these teams have lost four of those five yeah. SEC games. They've had a hard time beating people in conference two teams that really need a win. Like the, the it's a feel good game for the winner. The loser, it's yeah, it's going to be a rough year. You A&M is probably going to be a rough year anyway, but Florida can kind of pull back some dignity if they go to A&M and beat them. That would be a big win, yeah. one for Napier. You can start to sell like hey, we're turning it around. Like our guys are getting we have our guys now and they're growing into it. That's what needs to happen for Florida. Sure. Okay, next is a game in the Big 12 that most people thought would probably be the Big 12 title game before the season started. That's Baylor at Oklahoma. No. Bit disappointing season for both of these teams. Still still a Big 12 game, which means it could be kind of fun. It is on ESPN Plus. So if you don't have ESPN Plus, good luck watching this game. It, mm. Does this does this game mean anything to you? It should. I, I think it means more to Oklahoma than to Baylor. Um, Venables kind of needs, yeah, momentum. Yeah. back on his side yeah these are two good teams i mean they're and they're two well coached teams too like you point that out they're, both are five and three like it's not like the sky is falling but right yeah we, we did expect it. i mean that's disappointing for for both of these teams we expected more from them uh certainly in conference we expected more from both baylor and oklahoma we expected um yeah to kind of roll over some teams and and get back to a a a, a title game baylor um the big 12 champs from last year I'd be going Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma's the side I'd be on. Okay. Dylan Gabriel, for for me, yeah, that's probably where I would go. Ah, I, I don't know. What is that number right now? Yeah, it's look at, yeah, Oklahoma, three and a half. You know what? Actually, we'll probably just stay away from it. I'm not going to put that in the locks. I would be a slight Oklahoma lean on that, though. Yeah, I would definitely. I'm just staying away from it. Um, I can't even say I'm going to watch it and just enjoy it because I probably won't watch it because I don't have ESPN Plus. So there's that. Same, same. Yeah. Um, all right. Michigan State at Illinois. Just mentioned this. Illinois kind of has a stranglehold in that division. I mentioned it just because it, it feels like, I don't know, like Illinois. Is there any <laughs> chance that they get upset? Like any chance at all? They're a 16 and a half point favorite. Um, it depends how many 
uh, Michigan State Spartans actually still get to play in this game after all the suspensions <laughs> that come down. Uh, I mean, I guess, yeah. Like, is, is Illinois good? Do you think Illinois is good? Like, are they the number 14 team in the nation? They're, no, but their defense is really good, and their running game is good. Okay. Like, That's, so, so, so what? Like, what, what does that mean? That, that like, means they're, I mean, they're basically Notre Dame. Okay. <laughs> Illinois and Notre Dame about the same thing. I take, I mean, I take Notre Dame tomorrow. Like, like that's, yeah. like that's where Illinois is good. It's a great story. You're seven and one and you haven't beaten anybody. So yeah. But at that, all that said, Sparty is a mess right now. Like the they Spartans are. are not in good shape. Um, Yeah, you're right. Let's go with the team that has identity. The Illini, at least they know who they are. You can always say that under Bielema. Like they're they're gonna do one thing. They're gonna try to run the ball and they're gonna have a really good defense. They're gonna be physical. Like that's that's Bielema's calling card. And Michigan State, we don't know what their identity is. They don't know what their identity is. So yeah, no uh, agreement there. Let's yeah. go with let's go with the Illini. All right. Syracuse is at Pitt. Um Syracuse is six and two, Pitt is four and four. I think probably most people would have thought the records would be flipped at this point of the season. Syracuse obviously coming off the back-to-back losses to Clemson and Notre Dame, and they are a three-and-a-half-point underdog here, which is interesting um, based on the way the season has gone. Pittsburgh has kind of sneakily been kind of bad this year compared to what we thought they might be. Does it make sense to you that they're favored here, and what are you looking for? What do you, what do you expect? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what to expect with these teams. Right. <laughs> um, Syracuse, or, Syracuse or Pitt. Um, we, we know, we don't like Pitt's offensive philosophy. Like we can all agree on that. Yeah. Like they're all, the offensive philosophy, not great. Abana Kanda though, like the running he's back good. for Pitt, he's a good ball player. He's a good yep. ball player now. Um, no, just from a betting point, stay away. I have no, no leans on it at all. Um, there are two fairly middle of the road ACC teams. Just kind of, eh, eh, not sure. I'm not sure. Syracuse was kind of fool's gold. Like they, they really were. Um, Probably. Yeah. Like they played Clemson close. We're not sure how Clemson, how good Clemson is yet. And then, yeah, it kind of got exposed last week by Notre Dame. So six and two, by the way, it's still a good year for Syracuse. Like Absolutely. we're not, we're not, yeah, we're not saying anything bad about them. They're going just, bowling. They're right. But they're just, they're not a top 15 team. Like what we thought they were. So yeah, these are two teams that are probably very similar. The pit mm-hmm. three and a half line favored by three and a half kind of makes sense to me, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right. The battle for the worst team in the big 12 West Virginia is at Iowa State. And I say worst team kind of tongue-in-cheek because neither one of these teams sucks. <laughs> They're both three and five, but it feels like that's a product of being in a pretty good conference this year where nobody is bad. Um, it does feel like they both both teams really kind of need this game pretty bad to have any hope of going bowling. Iowa State is six-and-a-half-point favorite at home here. What are you looking for in this game? Again, another game that's on ESPN Plus for some reason, uh, which is ridiculous. But yeah, because yeah. it's a Big Twelve game, and those are always fun, and we want to watch this. There's, there, we live in. Tw- I mean, it's 2022. Like, how do we have these games that aren't like available for everyone? You know how hard it is to watch games on the Pac-12 network. Like, yeah. do you really know how hard that is? I haven't. Like, I can't get it. I, I, I attempted to get it. Still couldn't do it. Um, yeah, this is kind of the same thing. The big 12 and, and also ESPN plus is what it's on. So yeah, it's pretty much like, yeah, screw all you guys. You can't watch it. Um, and <laughs> it's actually two teams that they're, I mean, yeah, they're both three and five, but they're actually kind of good though. Like both of these teams yeah. are pretty good and you could like either one of these could, could they, the eventual big 12 champ 
if they played either one of these teams, you'd be like, well, that's a coin flip game. Like that could go either way. So, right. um, yeah. yeah, no, I, they're probably going to finish last and second to last. I, I, I agree with you there. We need this. We're West Virginia. We're West Virginia fans this year. Um, this is another game that we really need. Yeah, we do for sure. Okay. Another big 12 game. Oklahoma state is at Kansas. Two teams that aren't going to win this conference this year, but, but again, like everybody's good in the big 12, both of these teams, can actually score despite what Oklahoma State did last week. Yeah. Um, anything? What? Yeah. What are you looking for in this game? I, I think anytime we talk about Big Twelve games, like we have no idea what to expect just because anything could happen. Sure. Is that is that an oversimplification for this game, or do you do you have some kind of lean on this game, or as to even who you think will win outright? Yeah. No. No lean. No lean. I Kansas was a great story. They were five and zero. Remember, they were the talk of the town. I think they right. had college game day. Um, yep. They've lost three straight TCU, Oklahoma and Baylor. They've lost those. They play Oklahoma state this week. No, yeah. no Oklahoma no state, no two and a half point favorite, by the way. Yeah. I just stay away from it. I Kansas actually is Kansas is good. Like I, sure. I think it's a little unfair to say that, that they're just terrible and they've fallen off a cliff, but neither, neither one of these are that great. Like they're not phenomenal teams. They're middle of the road, big 12 teams. That's what they are. That's what they'll finish as middle mm-hmm. of the road, big 12 teams. Um, yeah, I, I'm not going to go anywhere near Oklahoma state after the outing that they just gave me last week against, um, Kansas state. So yeah, just kind of admire this one from afar. Don't don't get too invested in it. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the biggest game of the year. Probably. (laughs) I mean, how often do we get a number one versus number two matchup in the regular season and much less a, a rivalry game at that, um, Tennessee is at Georgia. Yeah. Number one against number two. George is an eight and a half point favorite here at home. You're the Georgia fan. Take it away. What are you looking for in this game? What do you expect to happen? Yeah. Okay. George is favored by eight and a half. Does it yeah. make any sense to you at all? Any at all? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Not really, okay. but, but maybe. <laughs> Vegas is pleading with you to take Tennessee. Like, begging and pleading for you to take Tennessee whenever Vegas begs and pleads for you to do anything you have to be skeptical so the number is huge the numbers that's that's way too high for a one versus two matchup it is that's too high it should never be that I don't care if George is at home I don't care Hennon Hooker's playing really well yeah we've already we've already made the two the 2019 LSU comp you did I did not do that you did that (laughs) okay I could go a lot of ways on this. I, I've I've thought about this game for a couple of weeks now. This one's been coming. Hennon Hooker, 21 to 1 touchdown interception ratio. That's good, by the yeah. way. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> that is good. good. Can't confirm. Um, right. I don't know what's going to happen. So, no. And, and I'm a little too close to this to really feel like I can give a good prediction. Yeah. Hennon Hooker will have to go full Joe Burrow 2019 if Tennessee wants to win this game. I think George is a better football team. I think George is deeper. Something that, that, that we don't talk about when, like, we, we've done these, these, these LSU comps from 2019 all the time. It's happened for the last two weeks. LSU in 2019 was a top five talent composite, like, team. Like, their, yeah. their, their team was, was uh, well, no, number six. They were number six in the 24-7s composite. Yeah. Tennessee's 16 this year. 16. Right. It's hard. It's hard to go. And Georgia's too, by the way, like mm-hmm. we know that, I mean, Georgia's always going to be up there. It's really difficult to, to go in and beat a team. Like when, when there's that kind of talent gap up front, like they're pretty much telling you this is up front. 
Mm-hmm. And Vegas think Georgia's going Georgia's going to push Tennessee around up front and run the ball and stop the run and make Tennessee completely one dimensional and then go rush the passer. Like that's just what they think is going to happen. Yeah. What, do you want to have official prediction and and then yeah, I'll have a I'll I might give a prediction, but I'll probably stay away from it. Man, I, I my official prediction is that I will watch this game and enjoy it. Okay. <laughs> right. I I I mean. Look at it this way. I would have expected this line to probably be in the four to six range in favor of Georgia. Yeah. And yeah. I would have seen that and would have been like, I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm not touching that. Uh, this feels like a game that could go either way. The Vegas line makes me think that they know something and that Georgia will win this game. I'm telling you, dude. I'm I, telling you. Yeah, I don't know why they're that confident, but <laughs> they're usually right. So, again, I would not be touching this line at all. Like – but I do think this has the potential to be a great game. I'm a, mm-hmm. The Vegas line worries me a little bit. Like if Georgia actually does win the game by 10 points or whatever, like it, it feels like we would be a little bit robbed of a potential just absolute bonkers game that makes you sweat too much as a, as a fan of one of the teams, but makes all of us that are neutral just love the game to death. Does that make sense? Who are you rooting for, Vince? I don't know. Uh my wife's a Georgia fan, so no, who, are, who are you? Who are you rooting for? You I, rooting for? I, you know what? Probably Tennessee. You want, because yeah, I know, I know. You want Tennessee to win because it feels good because we want someone new in the playoff, and and yeah, yeah we, we really sure. like when we feel like like the, the little guy can get ahead. Georgia is kind of still like we're, we're not. Yeah, I don't know. We're not Alabama yet. Like don't don't make us Alabama yet. I'm um, not. We still we have a we have a, a long ways to go. I think it would be I, just – it would be fun if Tennessee and, you, and TCU made the playoff. I'm not predicting it, but no. but I think that would be fun Yeah, as a neutral I do, fan. I do think that if Tennessee wins this game, I think they'll probably win the national championship. Um, I, I, think, I think the winner of this game is pretty much guaranteed a playoff spot no matter what happens in the SEC championship. I pretty much – I think yeah. you're going to win the East and go to the SEC championship. And if you're undefeated, even with an SEC championship loss – you're still in like yep. with the wins that you had. So yep. yeah, it, it's a, it's a chance to win and get in the playoff for either one of these teams. Tennessee's had a great year. Mm-hmm. If they go on the road and beat the defending national champs at their place with that crowd, I, I think that team will galvanize behind that. You beat Georgia and Alabama. Like, like think yeah. of, think of how hard that you'll have to beat someone else again. Still. I understand that, but yeah, that's you're gonna get. They will get Georgia's best shot. I think this will be the best game that Georgia plays all year, and mm-hmm. I think Tennessee is less likely to play a perfect game. I think Georgia's gonna play really, really well against Tennessee. Um, I'd be leaning Georgia, maybe not to cover. I'm I'm not gonna put anything on the yeah no no locks here. Um, but yeah, again, watch just to enjoy this game. I think it's going to, it's going to be an incredible atmosphere. First and foremost, that's the thing that's going to be absolutely bonkers. Yeah. I it's, Hey, it's really great that Tennessee can have this regular season and, and that we can have these games, like these types of games and in the regular season on campus is what it's all about. Like this is the, pl- right. the playoff game before the playoff. It's yep. awesome. Um, yeah, I, I, every time I want to go and pick Georgia, because I've about done it three times since I've been talking, you just have to sit there and look at Hendon Hooker and then the, J, the, the Jalen Hyatt stat line is absolutely ridiculous. Jalen, Jalen Hyatt yeah. has 700 or sorry, 900 yards receiving and 14 touchdowns. Like Georgia's leading receiver has three touchdowns. 
So three. Jalen Hyatt already 14. has the single season record at Tennessee for touchdown receiving touchdowns in a year, and it's yeah. not even November yet. Yeah. <laughs> No, I know. And he's not even their best receiver. Who's hurt? I know. I know. That's the funny thing. He was viewed as like their number three option behind Drew McCoy and Cedric Tillman coming into the year. Turns yeah. out, yeah, Jalen Hyatt can actually ball. Yeah. So, yeah, no, just tune in. It's going to be a spectacle for sure. That thing's going to be popping. Yeah. I'm rooting for a close, fun game because, yeah, it's it's just going to be incredible, I think. All right, let's move on. Um, it's going to be hard to top that, but we'll move on. Liberty is at Arkansas. Liberty – kind of having a, a like they're turning it like it, it's turning into a decent year they haven't really mm. won a bunch of huge games um but they're playing pretty well arkansas is a 13 and a half point favorite here any chance that we see an upset here in fayetteville mm. ah no no yeah. i don't think so <laughs> i i think yeah kj rocket sanders i think they run over them I really do. I think hmm. the additions that that Pittman made at receiver with Matt Landers, um, he's he's actually had a um, a pretty good year. Jaden Hazelwood also transferred in from Oklahoma, having a pretty decent year. The weapons for Arkansas, um, I think, are too much. I yeah, I really like what what Arkansas does offensively under Kendall Bryles. So mm-hmm. I will um, yeah, give me give me the Hogs to win and probably cover even. All right, let's go to South Bend where Clemson is going to Notre Dame. Clemson about a four and a half point favorite. Uh, yeah, they're eight and zero. Everything's still on the table for them. Notre Dame has had a disappointing first year in the market stream. They're five and three, coming off a pretty good win against Syracuse, who is the last team both of these teams have played. Clemson had a bye this last this last week. What are what do you expect in this game? And is there any chance that Notre Dame can actually keep it close the way the spread suggests? <laughs> I don't know. I, I've, I think so. I, I think Vegas clearly is not banking on the Clemson offense to come light it up. Like, I mean, yeah. obviously that that's, yeah, that part's very evident there. Mm-hmm. Um, they still do have a quarterback advantage because no matter how bad DJ is, I think, I don't think Drew Pine's better. No. I really <laughs> no. don't. So Can't confirm. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I would be leaning Clemson to win Clemson to cover like, sorry, I, I think yeah. it's more of like a touchdown game. This, this, this one should, this and the Georgia spread should be flipped. I think Georgia should be be favored yeah. by four and a half, and Clemson by like eight and a half for me. Yeah. Um, they're not. So yeah, in some ways, Vegas maybe kind of likes Notre Dame. Like, like maybe that should yeah. make you feel good. It kind of does. Just as a, as a fan of Notre Dame, um, I will be talking about this game later though. Um, okay. Yeah, I do think that Notre Dame's kind of their offensive identity has become running the ball and they're pretty good at it. They're, when they, when it's clicking, it's, it's clicking really well and they're running the ball. I don't know that they'll be able to run the ball against Clemson. Clemson has that defensive front. It's pretty nasty. I know some Clemson fans feel like they can't stop the run as well as they should be able to. Maybe that's true, but they still stop it pretty well. And the weakness of Clemson's defense is their secondary. And I just don't know if Drew Pine and that passing game will be able to take advantage <laughs> of that. They um, only have they only have one mutual opponent. It's Syracuse, which they played in back to back weeks. But sure. yeah, Notre Dame Notre Dame definitely looked a lot better against Syracuse than Clemson did against Syracuse. So sure, you, like, the one reference point we do have would lean you know Notre Dame to actually be fairly impressive. Yeah, there is that. the 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 total here is forty seven and a half, which feels about right. I do expect a relatively low scoring game here. Okay. Notre Dame does have a good defense. 
the weakness of their defense is actually getting stops in the red zone. Seems like they don't let many opponents get into the red zone very often, but when they do, they score touchdowns. Um, that's kind of a weird quirk with their defense. Yeah, I, I do think we learned something about Clemson here. We, we've been wondering, like, how good are they really? I do think Notre Dame will actually show up and play physical. Whether or not that turns into a close game or not is remains to be seen. But I do think we can learn something about Clemson. We can learn something about DJ. If he has another passing performance this game like he did two years ago in South Bend as a true freshman, I think we'll all be feeling a lot better about them going forward. Is Clemson a playoff team? Yes, I think they will make the playoff. Does that, really? mean, does that mean they're one of the four best teams in the country? Maybe not, but I think I do think we will see them in the playoff. What do you mm. think? Yeah, I, I actually think they drop one of these remaining four. I think at Notre okay. Dame, Lu- I think Louisville is actually sneaky, mm. um, kind of as a follow-up to Notre Dame. Then I think Miami, I think they'll get Miami's best shot. And for talented teams, like like Miami still has talent. They always they, they always have like one good game in them that they're saving for like a team that they perceive as better than them. And then I think South Carolina is also sneaky at the end of the year. So I think they have four tricky games. I think they drop one. I, I don't think they're one of the four best. And I think it's because of quarterback play for me. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't think they have the quarterback play to, to be um, a playoff team this year. All right. Well, let's move on. Another huge game. This is Alabama at LSU. You had kind of circled this game in the offseason, thinking that maybe this was an upset potential game for you, which no. I kind of scoffed at. I thought you were a little bit high. I didn't tell you that at the time. I know. Looks I a little aware. more realistic now. Um, uh-huh. Bama is a 12 and a half point favorite. LSU is sneakily six and two. Like they're kind of rounding into shape. They've looked a lot better the last month, really, than the first month. What are you feeling about kind of your offseason prediction that this has a chance to be a little upsetty? Do you, do you still feel like, are you feeling better about that? Because in my opinion, you'll have to almost be feeling better about that now than you were, than you should have at the time. Okay, like, and this might sound a little bit cocky. LSU is who I thought that they were. Um, okay. They, yeah, a six and two, 15, top 15 team. That's who LSU is. LSU, their top, LSU ceiling, they could beat some really good teams. They can beat Alabama. Like, they have the talent to beat Alabama. Um, Jane Daniels has been playing really well this year, um, kind of under the radar a little bit. Um, but yeah, he's had a really good year. They have good receivers too, like uh, like not just Keishon Booty. Um, they have a number of them. Uh, Neighbors is pretty good. Jenkins yeah. pretty good. Like they've got some 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 weapons. They have better receivers than Alabama for me. Um, Jameer Gibbs possibly still a little dinged up. He's been yeah he hasn't been just a full go in a little while. So Alabama did have. I mean they both are coming off of buys you know for this, which is I mean yeah I I think really good for for Alabama. I think they needed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's. I think it's going to be a really good game. Like, I don't. I, I think Death Valley at night can be really tricky. I, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Like, I know you you were you kind of scoffed at at me being high on LSU. I think it's because you didn't want Kelly to have a successful first year there, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, Alabama's maybe not quite as good as we thought, and LSU maybe slightly better than than what we thought. So yeah, it. I think it's going to be a a close game. Alabama still favored by thirteen. So Vegas doesn't see it as just a a you know a a, a one score game for sure, not not a coin flip at all. Mm. So yeah, it would be an upset still, but right. um, over overall, I'm high on where LSU is kind of as a program to this point. Right. The one thing that I would feel, I would feel like maybe a, a bit of a mismatch in this game is 
I th- we've been talking about it. Like if LSU has a defense, uh, has a weakness on defense, it's their secondary. Sure. And they're facing Bryce Young, which could be a bit scary. Sure. That's that said, Alabama's receivers haven't exactly lit the world on fire this year. Um, looking at this from a Vegas perspective, it was really interesting to me at, at, at a line of 13, 70% of the bets have been on LSU at this, from this, according to this site I'm looking at, which kind of makes me wonder if, if Vegas doesn't sort of see the mismatch thing I just talked about and, and thinks that Alabama is going to win. Um, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like usually you could fade the public, which would tell me that Alabama's going to win this game by two touchdowns. That said, I wouldn't be shocked at all. LSU has surprised me this year already. I, yeah. I do think they, they have that talent. They, they could really show up here and make it difficult for, for the Crimson Tide, for sure. If LSU wins this game, they probably win the SEC West. Like, like they, they would have the tiebreakers. They're both 4-1 and one in conference. You'd have the tiebreaker over Ole Miss and Alabama. You'd probably win the West and go to Atlanta. Huge, wow. by the way. Huge for Kelly in his that first year. Um, if they do get it done, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's all kind of a bit of a long shot still, but mm-hmm. we can go ahead and call his first year a success. I think to this point, like even if they do lose to Alabama, so what they've had some good wins. Um, they started yeah. slow against Florida state, but they've had some good wins. They have some winnable games still coming up. No, I, I like the job that he's doing there. He's kind of stayed out mm-hmm. of the headlines. He hasn't been talking in a stupid Southern accent anymore. Just, yeah, keep keep your head down and coach because he can. He's a really good coach. Kelly is a yeah. good game day coach. And I think Jaden Daniels is getting more and more confident in that offense. I think he's only gotten better as the year's gone on. He's a dual threat, which Kelly seems to love. So, yeah, no, I, I like LSU. I like his weapons um, at receiver, too, for Daniels. So, yeah, I think it's going to be – I think it'll actually be fairly close. I think 14 points. Maybe Alabama gets a late touchdown to cover. But um, I think it's going to be a close game throughout. Maybe Alabama pulls away late. Sure. Okay. Let's move back to the Big 12. Texas is at Kansas State. Texas a two-and-a-half-point favorite here. Fun matchup. I Honestly, for me personally, I feel like I could see almost any any outcome here. Kansas State coming off a shellacking of an Oklahoma State team that actually beat Texas. That said, Texas, when they look good, they look really good. What, what Do you have a leaning more than I do here? Because I feel like I have no idea what's happening in this game. Yeah, t- Texas, Texas okay. to win, Texas to cover. That's my lock. I am. Nice. I I think it's a a serious letdown game for Kansas State. I think that was they played the best they could have played last week. Um, they they literally played the perfect game. You couldn't have played much better. I I like Texas. We'll get to our locks here in a little bit, but um, yeah, I I like the Horns. I think overall, I think they're a more talented team than K State. Mm-hmm. And when Texas gets it right, they have actually have a pretty good defense to go along with that offense. So yeah, I'm 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 on the uh, I'm on the horns coming off of a bye. I think they I think they get it done against K State. They've been prepping for this one. Sure. Okay, uh, an SEC West matchup. Auburn is at Mississippi State. Their first game after firing Brian Harson. Mississippi State, a 13 and a half point favorite here. And what's been kind of an up and down year for them, which I guess is kind of par for the course under under uh, Mike Leach for Mississippi State. Do you feel like this is pretty clear cut where the better team just wins this game? Or do you do you see the weird thing where the team fires the coach and bounces back nicely? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Again, this is Mike Leach. So we just kind of stay away from this. Right. Um, <laughs> there, there are definitely things there. You could point to a lot of instances where a team 
fires a coach and gets better the next week. And the players kind of galvanize. They, the interim coach for Auburn will be Cadillac Williams. I don't know if you remember the old Auburn right. running back. Yeah. He is like the beloved by the players. I think Auburn will play. I think they'll play well. That would probably be the side that I would lean on. I, I definitely wouldn't want to be betting on Mississippi state. Yeah, I, I'm just going to stay away from it, but I think I would be a, an Auburn lean to cover. Maybe not win outright, but to cover. I think Auburn plays hard the rest of the year. Sure. Okay, we have a battle in Florida. Florida State is at Miami. Rivalry game here. Feels like a little bit of luster has come off of this game since Miami is now forward forward and really fading down the stretch. Florida State is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite here. Five and three in a kind of an up-and-down, but mostly successful year for them. It does feel like there's like Florida State kind of needs this, right? Because if they don't win this game, like they're they're getting out recruited by Miami. They they feel like they're the clearly more stable program at this point. They need this, don't they? No, I agree. I agree. I Miami recruiting well. Like we 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 talked about a little earlier in the pod. You can lose games, but if you're if you're bringing five stars onto your campus, truthfully it doesn't really matter like you you have the momentum the momentum's on your side yes and miami has the most momentum of any team in florida none of the teams in florida are very good by the way so it's not like even though miami is struggling and going to four overtimes with um yeah freaking virginia the bringing the five star on is the biggest win that any of those programs have had all year from a momentum standpoint bring mm-hmm. on cormani mcclain for miami was huge so yeah, Florida State needs to win. They need to, I think they need to blow them out. Like that really needs to happen. Yeah. It's in it's in Miami. So there's going to be 13 people there. I mean, like <laughs> they just don't, yeah. No one shows yeah. up to watch the Hurricanes. Florida State needs it. I, I'm 100% with you. I think they get it. Mm-hmm. I think they do. But yeah, I, I just, who knows? Who knows? With, with Florida State and Miami, neither of these teams are very good. So, yeah, I, I hate betting on teams that aren't very good. <laughs> just kind of stay away. You can't sure. trust them. You can't trust, yeah, teams that are, are not just solid. And you, both of these teams have been up and down all year. Yeah. All right, I got to give just a quick, quick plug for this one game. Last place in the SEC on the line. South Carolina is at Vanderbilt. South Carolina a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah. They just laid an absolute egg last week, losing to Mizzou, scoring 10 total points. They probably bounce back from that, right? Yes. Yeah, I think they do. I think South Carolina wins and covers. I don't think Vanderbilt's very good. So, yeah, yeah it's well, only they're... seven. The, the, the line's only seven. Well, okay, fair. You're right. Vanderbilt sucks. Yeah. Um, The line is only seven. I think South Carolina wins and covers. It's in Nashville. Who cares? Again, 13 fans. They, they might have 20. Vanderbilt <laughs> might have 20 fans that show up. So, yeah, I bounce back uh, week for the Gamecocks. Sure. All right. One last game to talk about. Wake Forest is at NC State. Actually, a ranked matchup in the ACC feels not quite as exciting as it would have um, if Devin Leary was still playing, obviously out for the year with the injury and Wake Forest coming off a big loss to Louisville. Yeah, this this had potential to be a top 10 matchup. It is. <laughs> we have to settle for a top 25 matchup. Anything we can learn from this game or anything you're expecting? Wake Forest. I believe favored. I need to pull it up, pull this line. Wake up. Forest by five. Wake Forest five, favored yeah. by five right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we need to see a bounce back week for Sam Hartman if he wants to get like draft eligible. Like that lat, like he was he's yeah. a good quarterback. He's had some really, really good games this year, even as you know, as recent as this year, Sam Hartman's had really good games. NC State, 
does nothing on offense. They do nothing for me on yeah. offense. So yeah, I, I like Wake Forest to win. I like Wake Forest to cover. Um, I think bounce back week for the Demon Deacons. Sure. Okay, let's move on. Our ten, our five games to watch. What are your five games to watch in this week? We talked about it. There's a couple that are obvious, and then there's a bunch of depth that's a clear step below. Mm-hmm. What are your five to watch in week 10? Number one is the game of the year to this point, Georgia-Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, you don't even need a secondary game to this one. I think the commercials for Georgia-Tennessee are going to be better than anything else on TV at that point. <laughs> Um, Alabama LSU after it follows that one up at seven o'clock on ESPN. That one's going to hey, it's in Baton Rouge night game in Baton Rouge, Alabama LSU. Yeah, enough said. That's sign me up. I think Liberty Arkansas will be really interesting. Um, so that'll be number three for me. And, and you mentioned like we're kind of getting down into the like the, the more difficult games. I really like Clemson Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I still think that's really interesting. Maybe Notre Dame, yeah, it's lost some of its luster because Notre Dame's not a top 10 team anymore. Two really good brands, two brands that have made the playoff um, very recently. So, mm-hmm. yeah, give me that one as number four, and I will round out number five with – I'm actually going to oh, – wow. okay, no, sorry. not gonna. I was about to make a last-minute switch. I'm not going to do that. Give me um, the one that I made a lock on, Texas and K-State. Number five, we're going to the Big 12 mm-hmm. um, at 7 o'clock on FS1. We'll watch the Longhorns and, and um, the Wildcats. All right, I'm almost in perfect agreement with you. Instead of Liberty, Arkansas, I have Texas Tech, TCU. I feel like that one is just a little more interesting, has a little more stakes to it uh, because of TCU, what they're doing. And I just feel like that's going to be very pointsy, and I like offensive football, to be honest. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> okay, let's get into the locks. You already okay. you already shared one. You got Texas minus two and a half against Kansas State. Yeah. Anything else that you're looking at? No. Now I'm being super <laughs> conservative here. I'm trying to say no to a lot of these. I don't see much value in a lot of these. There's a lot okay. of weeks where stuff pops and you can see it. For mm-hmm. me this week, there's not much that pops out. Um, the Arkansas 13 and a half line is interesting right there under that two touchdown mark. I would kind of like yeah. the hogs to cover that possibly at home. Um, I would be leaning that way maybe a little bit. Um, yeah, I, that's kind of it, it let, go, go with yours and maybe you can talk me into a few into a few i would say georgia at eight and a half is a great line um and if i wasn't a georgia fan i probably would be going that direction i am a georgia fan i'm way too emotionally invested in that i don't need any more cause to be yeah invested so for for that reason i'm out all right let me let me see if i can interest you in any of these i got duke minus nine and a half against boston college this is mostly just fading Boston College. They are okay. a dumpster fire. <laughs> okay. Like and it. and Duke is actually pretty good. I, they are. I don't Sneaky. know if Boston College will be able to score. Uh, they just lost to <laughs> – I don't know if you noticed, but they lost to UConn yes. last week. Yes. Um, By 10, I believe. And Duke is favored by 9.5 against them. I know. I know. I think Duke wins this game by at least 10 points. Just be, okay. not, not necessarily saying that Duke is all that good – Although solid first year under Mike Elko, Boston College, this is all about fading them. They put up three points against UConn. That game was 13 to three. Yes. Um, Boston College lost to UConn. Yeah. Yes. Staying in the ACC, I'm taking North Carolina minus seven and a half against Virginia. I think Virginia mm. is also terrible, and North Carolina mm. is actually pretty sneaky good. They're, they're playing well. Um, they just beat Pitt, who is a lot better than Virginia, by 18 points, I believe. Virginia sucks. Um, North Carolina is good. Drake may. <laughs> covers this on his own yeah 
Come on, you like both of those. You got to jump in with me on some of these. I really do like both <laughs> of those. Wow. I yeah. No, you're right. I the North Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, seven and a half. It's a little unfortunate. Like if it could be seven, six and a half, that would be just be tasty sure. right under that touchdown mark. Seven and a half kind of sucks. But yep. yeah, no, North Carolina is more than a seven and a half point better team than Virginia. Like yeah. nothing, nothing that you've seen from this season would indicate nothing that you have seen from this season would indicate that Virginia can keep this within two touchdowns. Not that we've seen yet. So yeah, yeah. no, I like your first two. Keep going. All right. I have, I have Ohio state minus 37 and a half against Northwestern. Oh, that's this a is, huge number. Again, I'm just fading a crap team. Northwestern sucks. We just saw them give up over 30 to Iowa. I know <laughs> they gave up over 30 points to Iowa. Ohio state will have 40 by halftime. It, it might be 42 to zero at halftime. I'm just saying Northwestern is terrible. Ohio state yeah. is really good. And they're yeah. going to walk into seven touchdowns minimum. I, I'm saying this, could, this game could be 63 to seven. I, I like where your head's at. Northwestern hasn't won since week zero in Ireland, by the way. Yeah. yeah no, I, Against Scott Frost, we kind of forget about that. that. Was a long time ago. It feels like a long time ago. Yeah, no, I like it. Northwestern one and seven. Um, I could almost come along with you for them to keep it within thirty-eight. They would have to hold because I don't see Northwestern scoring more than like seven points. Like they would have to hold <laughs> Ohio State into the forties. And yeah, no, I agree. I, I like every side so far. You've had some good bets. Yeah, I think the only way this is a cover is if Ohio State's third stringers give up some points in the fourth quarter. Like that's the only way. Doubtful. And I don't even see that. Yeah, doubtful. All right, continuing the theme of going with some favorites, I'm taking Penn State minus 13 and a half against Indiana. Okay. Penn State, I, I like the number there. It's just under two touchdowns, which is a favorable number. And I, again, I'm fading a bad team. Indiana's not very good. They're just not. And I say that as a person who likes Indiana. I yeah. want Indiana to be good, and they're just not. I know there's a bit of a letdown potential here for Penn State since they just lost to Ohio State. Also, they did fight with Ohio state and there's a chance that they could even play better the rest of the year because like they did show themselves a little bit of something there. They did. No, they're clearly two touchdowns better than Indiana. Change my mind. No, no, I have, I have nothing for you there. I've actually been on every side that you've been on so far. Like I Mm -hmm. like every side that you've been on and would agree. Um, Do I have the confidence to pull the trigger? That's another thing, but the, the Penn state, absolutely fought with Ohio state. And, and I, I do agree with you that the players have to be encouraged that, Hey, we led that game in the third quarter against the, yeah, all Mr. Everything in Ohio state. So no, I like that again, kind of the same deal as earlier. Nothing that we've seen this season would indicate that Indiana can keep this within two scores, nothing. So yeah, yeah. I, I would agree whether or not I'll, I, I just keep going, keep, keep going. Sure. Let's see what else you got. One more favorite. I'm taking Clemson minus three and a half against Notre Dame. Obviously yeah. I'm a Notre Dame fan. Yeah. I, just don't think the matchups work very well in our favor, specifically with Notre Dame's offense playing against Clemson's defense. Notre Dame wants mm-hmm. to run the ball. Clemson will stop the run. Notre Dame is not very good at passing the ball, which is really the one weakness that Clemson's defense has. Mm. I think Clemson wins this game something like 28-17. to 17. Um, Yeah, to me, I was – Today, I was thinking about what my locks will be, and I was like expecting this line to be around in the 10 range, and I was like, I'm probably taking Clemson minus 9.5. Yeah. <laughs> and then I see a 3.5. Almost feels too good to be true as for a betting purposes, which, I know. which actually makes me feel good as a Notre Dame fan. Like maybe we have more of a chance than I think. Uh-huh. Um, 
Vegas seems to kind of like Notre Dame here for some reason. I'm not sure why. I'm just going to go ahead and take Clemson minus three and a half and hope I'm wrong. I yeah, I have I have nothing nothing more to add to that. I I would I would lean yeah. You're you're on the right side. Like that's absolutely the side the side you should take. Yeah. All right. I have one more. I have one total pick. Uh, I'm going to Texas Tech TCU. The number is 69. I'm taking over that. I think both teams will score. TCU will score 40 on their own. And their defense is not all that great, so I do think Texas Tech will put some points up as well. Mm. I, Yeah. To me, this is, I know it's a really high number. Um, I just think it goes over because it's a Big 12 game, and, and there's going to – there's a very real chance because TCU has played from behind a lot this year. I think there's a very real chance they'll have to put up some serious points in the second half. So I don't expect a situation where they're up big and just kind of sit on the ball. I think mm-hmm. this is a, this is the type of situation, this is the type of game where both teams will actually be playing offense the whole way. Okay. No, I yeah, I like that. I'm going to agree with you. That that was it, by the way. You had six. Yes, right? that was my six. Okay. Yep. I'm going to agree with you on one. So I I had okay. one. Now I'm going to two. Two total bets. I will agree with you. Lock agreement on North Carolina. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely better than the Cavaliers. Virginia has not been good this year. North Carolina yeah. has a real stud at quarterback. Drake may can win this on his own and get you the cover on his own. I don't care if it's at home. I don't, I'm going to swallow that. Give me the Tar Heels to win and cover. Sure. Okay, anything else we should talk about before we wrap this up? Nope, that's it. That's it for me. Okay, thanks everybody for listening. Go like our YouTube videos, subscribe, grab your mom's phone, subscribe on there too. Have a great week, everybody. Enjoy week 10, and God bless you all.